Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike to tell you along with Charlie Long and on our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line, the old skipper of the LSU Tigers, Paul Maneri. Coach, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. And... Um, First of all, I want to ask you about your feelings. You recruited a lot of these young men that that won it last night to get uh, to go to Omaha. Your feelings on that. And I told this to Chris Blair. You could almost tell the sigh of relief because when you had been number one preseason and then you stayed number one for 14 weeks and then all of a sudden now you, you go through the you went through it, you know, every year, so to speak, you go through that peaks and valleys. And, but that crown gets real heavy on your head, real heavy on your head. And it was like a sigh of relief. Man, we get to the World Series. We get to the College World Series. It's not the final destination, but we finally, we got it there. And you can almost tell the emotions. But your thoughts on some of the kids that, that you recruited to LSU also. Well, the majority of the guys there were guys that I not only recruited but coached. Um, if you look at the starting lineup, except for the third baseman, yeah. all of those kids are kids that I recruited and, and or coached. I don't think I, I had an opportunity yet to coach Braden, uh, Joe Bear, but recruited him. Um, the, the All the rest of the guys are kids that I play. Oh, and Josh Pearson, I recruited him but, but didn't uh, get a chance to coach him. Um, so I'm just really so happy for all of them. You know, when, when we recruited him to LSU, you know, it was a given that they were going to get an opportunity to play in Omaha. And, um, you know, we lost two Super Regionals. We had a pandemic year. You know, we, you know, those things started happening. And so it's been a few years since we've been to Omaha. So I just can't tell you how happy I am for those guys um, that they're going to get experience the College World Series. I'm so proud of them. And to watch the way that they've developed over the course of time, you know, I, you know, Dylan Cruz was outstanding as a freshman when I had him, you know, as, as his coach, uh, you know, Jordan Thompson's improved. Trey Morgan was outstanding, but he's continued to improve all those guys, Travinsky below. So, you know, they, you know, they all had, have had great moments, but they've also had some growing pains along the way, but to see it come to fruition now for all of those guys, it just makes me incredibly proud of them. It makes me extremely happy for them. And, you know, this this is going to be a wonderful experience for them all, and I'm, I'm just so, so ecstatic for them all. Dylan Cruz, tell us about the recruitment part of Dylan. Because um, when you recruit a kid sometimes, you, you really – 
you can see the first part, but maybe not the end results of, of how it's going to end for him. But kind of give us a breakdown of how it started from the beginning with Dylan Cruz when you recruited him. Well, it's all played out exactly the way that he and I had envisioned it playing out, <laughs> playing out honestly. You know, when, when he was a uh, freshman and a sophomore in high school, he was rated as the number one player in the country. Okay, for his class. And then after his junior and and during his junior year, but after his junior season in the summer after his junior year, he just, you know, was in a rut that summer and he didn't swing the bat the way that we knew he was capable of. He went up against some really outstanding pitching. And, you know, he's a 17 year old kid at the time and he's facing guys going 95 miles an hour. And he just didn't swing the bat as great as as we knew he could. So what happened was he, he started to fall a little bit on the on the uh, scouting list a little bit, just a little bit. You know, he's still thought of as a first-round draft choice, but maybe not the top half of the first-round draft. Well, then, of course, the pandemic hit that spring, so he had a very limited high school season. And then the Major League Baseball decided only to have a five-round draft. And so most of the Major League teams used their five picks for safer picks, college kids as opposed to high school kids that have high ceilings, but you never know what they're going to do. And because Dylan had not excelled in the summer before his senior year and had a limited C uh, in the spring, he he probably would have fallen to the second round or so is my guess. And so Dylan and I talked about it, and, and I told him all about what happened to Alex Bregman, how Bregman had broke his finger before his first game of the senior year, uh, didn't go in the first round because he missed his whole senior season, came here and was the second pick in the draft. And I said to him, this can happen for you. I mean, there's going to be risk involved, of course, but you can be that same kind of player. Well, he took it all to heart, and he and his family huddled up, and they decided to pull that he'd pull his name out of the draft. So when he called me that day to tell me he was pulling his name out of the draft, as you might imagine, I was pretty excited. I was driving down the road, and he told me, and I said, hey, can you hold on one second? I pulled into the parking lot and screamed, yes. <laughs> I, was, I didn't want to get in a car accident. So, so uh, I was thrilled because I knew this kid was a can't-miss player. You know, he, he had all the tools. He had the great attitude. Uh, and and I knew that LSU fans were going to just love him and what, love watching him play, and it and it's all just played out exactly like we had anticipated it. You know, SEC Player of the Year twice, um, All American, probably going to win the Golden Spikes Award, but now finally he gets to go to Omaha as well and hopefully win a national championship. So it's you know it's a it's a really good story to it for a great kid and a great family. Coach, you made it to the College World Series six different times in your coaching career. I want to get your kind of perspective of what kind of message you gave to the teams that got there. Was it the same every single time, or was it different based on the team? I just want to get your thoughts on it. Well, the message when you get to Omaha has to be the same message that you're given to the players throughout the season. And I felt that the the best way to handle the pressure of being at the College World Series was to treat every game like you were going to be in the College World Series, whether it was a midweek game, an on-conference game, a league game, uh, or you know, regional, super regional. You can't all of a sudden say, "Oh, this game's bigger now. I got to play better." That doesn't work. Players get tight; they put pressure on themselves. 
So you got you, they've got to find the zone where they can stay relaxed and confident, not lackadaisical, but just not put extra pressure on themselves. So my style was to put, to put pressure on them every day, whether it was practice or a non-conference game or whatever. And I, I used to always make the little things really matter, you know, pay attention to the little details about everything because I didn't want to all of a sudden start telling them, hey, we got to pay attention to details now because we're in Omaha and we're playing for the national championship. The other thing that I would do all the time is, is you know, just make them focus on that day. Don't look too far ahead. I know fans and everybody else want to always talk about national championships and Omaha and so forth, but it doesn't work when, you know, you're you're having some tough moment. Like LSU had a couple of tough weekends, you know, in a row there. When remember when we we lost two out of three to um, it was to Auburn, I think, one weekend, and yes. I forget who the other yes. weekend was, but. Um, you know, if you're you're talking about Omaha and all of a sudden you're losing a weekend series, that that seems like such a daunting task. So let's just take it one game at a time. And you know, when you just prepare for the most immediate challenge, well, when you get to Omaha, that's the next immediate challenge. It's not anything different than you've been going through doing all year. So I found that the players play much more relaxed and much more confident, much more up to their abilities. When you can't hide the fact, you know, you're in Omaha, you're playing for a national championship. But if if they're used to having that that kind of preparation mentally for each game, then they don't have to do it any different in Omaha. And when we get to Omaha, I just tell the players, hey, you don't have to try any harder here than you've tried every day of the regular season. So let's just go out there, let it rip, have fun, and play aggressive, confident baseball. Coach uh, Hayden Travinsky, and it's a, it's a great story. He battled injuries. Uh, we were talking to Scott Sanders about him last week, and he was like, "Mike, I'm I'm just so proud of him. He he just he fought through so many injuries. Maybe you know his catching last year. He needed to upgrade, and he's done so. But the story with Hayden, if fighting through all those injuries, and it sort of tells you a little bit about life that." Nothing is going to be easy. you got to fight through it. Hayden's a great example. And right now, you'd have to say, you know, he's one of the top couple hitters that's left still swinging the bat at this stage. He's been fantastic. Well, and it, again, it couldn't happen to a greater kid. You know, when we recruited Hayden, he had a chance, you know, to put his name out there for the draft. And he told everybody he wanted to go to LSU. And so we were fortunate to have him come to school. And as everybody can see, he's a big, strong guy, great power. The potential is unlimited. And, of course, the first fall he gets here, he tears up one knee. Then the next next year, he tears up another knee. And then his elbow, he ends up having to have surgery on his elbow. And he just couldn't stay healthy. And, and I felt so bad for the kid. Uh, you know, I love him, and I wanted to play him. But you couldn't. He couldn't, he couldn't get on the field because of injuries. And so it kind of also uh, impeded his development as a player. And so he's finally healthy now. But if you think back to even this season, you know, Brady Neal caught most of the first 30 games or so. And then Malazzo started becoming the regular catcher. So even though Travinsky was healthy, he really wasn't getting the opportunity, uh, you know, because of coach's decision. And then, you know, all of a sudden he gets an opportunity to play and he does something really good. So now the coach says, hey, he did something good last time. Let's give him another opportunity, does something good again. And that's how you build, That's how you gain the confidence of a coach. 
And so obviously Jay has a lot of confidence in him now. He's playing him every day. He's batting fourth in the order, and he's coming through with a lot of big hits. So couldn't be happier for the young man. He's a, he's really a wonderful young man. He's always even during his his uh, trials and tribulations of injuries and so forth. He always was a great teammate, always there for his teammates, rooting them on. And now he's getting the opportunity and taking advantage of it. Coach, I want to get your thoughts on Coach Johnson, who was obviously very successful at Arizona. He nearly won the College World Series in his first year in 2016, and then he made it back in 2021. His second year at LSU, he's back in the College World Series for his third time of his coaching career. Just your thoughts on him as a head coach. Well, you know, I think Jay's done a terrific job. You know, he's he's called a lot of the – made a lot of the right decisions this year and that's that's how you get graded as a head coach you know do, do you make enough correct decisions that allows your team to win and uh, I mean he needed to get to Omaha this year obviously you know it was well chronicled you know that, that you know we I mean most of the recruiting class myself and our previous staff had put together but he added some key pieces to it he brought in some transfer players that obviously have had a major impact um and, you know, and he's, you know, made the decisions at the right time. I think he's done a terrific job. And, uh, um, you know, uh, he, he's going to learn, though, you know, getting to Omaha is one thing. <laughs> Winning the national championship is another because it's really hard. You're out there with seven other great teams. And he's been there a couple of times. He came real close. Uh, he lost to the same team that we lost to in the Super Regional, Coastal Carolina, when he was in the finals with Arizona. And he's going to find that at LSU fans, you know, that they're happy you get the Omaha, but they're really happy when you bring home the big trophy, you know. <laughs> you you so, should know all about it, Paul. Hey, you know, the the, the pressure ratchets, ratchets up with each passing step. But, uh, you know, I think Jay's really done a nice job. And, um, and uh, you, know, he's, he's, you know, he's fortunate, too, because this transfer portal is a new thing and NIL and so forth. And, you know, the additions of, of uh, Skeens and, and Hurd and White, uh, those three guys in particular, you know, have paid huge dividends. And it's supplemented, you know, the players that we had here already that were in the developing phase. And they, you know, now they're older players. I mean, you know, you got guys like Gavin Dugas and Beloso and guys that have been here for a long time. And, you know, so they've he's he's had some really great leadership within the ranks and I think that he and his staff have done a terrific job, you know, melting it all together. Paul, uh, last question for you would be about uh, the pitching staff and in particular the closers. Man, after some disasters during the season, that has really come through for LSU, especially the closers. Really, really have come through for the Tigers. You know, and they got people always complaining, oh, you're not going to win anything with just one arm. Okay, that's true. But you also got to give some of the other guys a lot of credit. Yeah, uh, you gave up three home runs yesterday. Nobody was on base, okay? But to have Guidry to come in to kind of close it up, and we've seen this kind of crew really mix very well together late in the year. Well, you know, this is the thing. They, they've always had the ability. They've always had the potential. I mean, we have probably a dozen guys throwing 93 miles an hour or harder. Not many teams have that, okay? There's a lot of arm strength. There's a lot of athletic ability uh, on this team. And, you know, obviously Skeens is in another hemisphere. You know, he's he, he's probably the greatest college pitcher I've ever seen in my lifetime, and my whole lifetime has been spent in college baseball. 
Skeens is an automatic win when he pitches. But the other guys all have the ability. They all have arm strength. They have talent. They just weren't executing the way that they needed to. They needed confidence. They needed, you know, whatever it took. They needed it a little bit more. But I always knew that the ability was there with those guys. And so when all the criticism was coming, you know, my feeling was it's going to click. Hopefully it'll click soon, you know, because everybody wants to win every game. And, you know, the bullpen was costing us some games. But eventually, you know, the guys all pitched up to their ability. But you mentioned Gidry, and I think Gavin is is one of the key pieces of this team right now. You know, we recruited him at a Barb High School. He's a shortstop, and we thought he'd come in and, you know, be a really outstanding middle infielder for us. But we also knew he pitched. And so that was always in the back of our mind. You know, when you can recruit a two-way player, if they don't excel at one thing, then they always have a chance to do the other. And to this, you know, Jordan Thompson's been the shortstop. And, you know, so Gavin has an opportunity to play there. And to the coaching staff's credit, they said, well, if he can't contribute here, let's let's try him on the mound. He pitched in high school. And, you know, he's got a strong arm, but he's got a plus curveball. I mean, a really outstanding curveball. And he's got a mentality of a, being a competitor out there on the mound. So the way he's evolved, I think, has really been critical to the success of the team. And I think that he could be a real key factor even in Omaha. Coach, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Man, I really appreciate it. And hopefully next week at this time we can talk again. <laughs> that would be wonderful. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you, Coach. Coach. With you. Thank you, Coach. That was uh, former LSU coach Paul Maneri. And, uh, man, pieced together a big portion of what you see now when LSU takes the field. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 